Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Dr. Kelly Henry. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you, Henry. Really appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Looking forward to this conversation. As many of... Yeah, as many of you know, I'm a big believer in striving to deliver a remarkable customer service at all of my businesses, just like it's it's what I expect to receive when I interact with any other business. And it's one of my big frustrations, my big pet peeves is what I find to be the lack of consistent customer service that I experience. It's a topic I've addressed many times on this show. And again, today, I'm excited to have Dr. Kelly Henry with me to share his experiences and tips and how to define and deliver, deliver, as he calls, exceptional customer service. You want to receive more information about the Howa business, including links to the show notes page, and to schedule a free coaching consultation with me, you can text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 772-837-5700. So Dr. Kelly Henry is a retired chiropractor turned consultant and coach. He practiced for 20 years starting from nothing to building multiple clinics. He retired from practice in 2018 to devote himself to helping others through coaching to achieve the success they deserve. Kelly's passion passion is helping businesses improve their customer service to dramatically boost business growth and profits. He recently authored a book on customer service entitled Define and Deliver Exceptional Customer Service. Kelly lives in where I used to live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So once again, Dr. Kelly Henry, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. What part of Dallas are you in? I live in the Argyle area, which is is west of Dallas, more north of Fort Worth, just uh, just south of Denton, if if you're familiar with that area. So it's kind of out of the way, out of the Metroplex, uh, but we're close enough to everything. And but we still feel like we're, we're a little bit out in the country still. Absolutely. Yeah. I just moved from Coppell, Texas, right next to the airport where I lived for 20 plus years. And now I'm back in Florida. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, the journey is always important to me and it's interesting. And obviously you've got this interesting twist, but um, let's just start there. Obviously you went to school, became a chiropractor, you're a doctor, you had a couple of different practices, but the thing I'm most interested in is why you decided to leave practice and go into coaching and consulting instead? That's a, that's a great question. I get that all the time. I'm sure. An, an interesting <laughs> twist. So I'll try to make this brief. Um, I had the fortune of buying two retiring chiropractors out of business. Uh, they, well, they didn't do it as a monopoly. They were wanting to sell. So I had the, the fortune of buying them out. And uh, they were both in their 60s. And really, they'd kind of got past their prime, didn't have much left, which was good for me to buy buy them out. Uh, but, you know, obviously bad for them um, as they were moving on into retirement. So I made a mental note that I was not going to allow my practice to get that way. I wasn't going to allow myself to get that way where I had let things deteriorate to the point of I was selling for pennies on the dollar. So mm. I just I just put that uh, in the back of my head uh, that if I was going to sell, I, I would like to do it at, uh, when I was on top or at my pinnacle. Um, what got me into customer service, though, was when I moved to the area in New Mexico where I practiced, where my uh, wife was from, a smaller community, businesses have been established there for years. 
And uh, we quickly realized that these businesses didn't necessarily uh, have to have great customer service because you had to do business with them. So it really bothered me how some of these businesses, not all of them, but some of them treated me as far as making me feel like an inconvenience or they could care less if I was there or not, just, you know, pay up and and get it out type situation. So I just made a mental note, you know what, I am not going to be like this in my practice. We're going to, you know, we're going to make our customers, my patients feel valuable. And I didn't do it as a ploy to build the practice. I just did it because I hated how I was treated. But once we started getting the ball rolling with it, obviously it made an impact. You know, the patients communicated how how they loved, how we treated them well. And, and it obviously started helping with the business aspect of, of my practices. And so that keyed me into it. And I studied and learned and implemented and and uh, trial and error and, and uh, really fine tuned a lot of what we were doing to, to increase that aspect of my, my practice. So mm-hmm. what ultimately happened was in 2017, felt like I was led to, to go ahead and sell out. Um, and so in 2018, I was able to sell, move into the coaching realm. I knew the impact that customer service had on my business. So I knew I wanted to go to that arena. I, I know the lack of customer service, like you mentioned on the opening. Uh, it's, it's just a, a lost art, if you will. So I knew that um, there, there was a lot, a lot of opportunity to coach on that. I've also been coached for years. I've had many coaches, uh, business, personal, you know, uh, a lot of different coaches for the aspects of my life. And I've seen the impact on that. So I took the customer service and knew I'd wanted to coach on that. And I knew the impact of coaching on my life. So I just meshed the two together. Long story short, here's, here's what I'm doing now. And that's why I'm talking to you today. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's just, I got to believe it's not very common though, that a medical doctor after all of those years invested and all that experience walks away from the practice of that. Right. So um, did you, as you were transitioning, were there times when you're like, you know, what am I doing here? Uh, <laughs> trying to build a completely new business and, and, and where I have all this experience and knowledge and degrees that I can go back to doing, were there moments of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, I've had quite a few and, uh, probably the biggest transition, although it, this is a whole different ball game, the digital realm, the, you know, all that I'm doing now to build my business is completely different than, well, not completely, but a lot different than what I had to do as far as building a practice. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really um, impacted me the most was I was just so used to be in front of patients and, and having that face-to-face communication and, and that interaction and, and just joking with them and having fun with them. And, and then to be sitting in my office behind a computer screen for hours a day was, was quite a transition. I'm still transitioning with that and trying to, trying to get used to it. I joke, you know, that I, I several times during the day, I'll, I'll run outside if I hear some noise and see if a neighbor's out there so I can have somebody to talk to. And I, I swear they, you know, they see me coming and, you know, head back in the house, you know, cause (laughs) there's Kelly again. I don't, I don't have time to talk to him. So no doubt. The other thing that, and we're going to get a little bit more into it, but I'm curious, you know, one of the challenges with this topic is sometimes business owners think of it as, well, that's nice customer service, but is how does it impact my bottom line? Do you find that resistance with medical practices as well that people look at it? Yeah, that's interesting, but uh, you know, I just need more patients in the door or I need to raise my rates or whatever the, the pain is that they think is really what they need to focus on. 
Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. That's, that's basically the resistance I get. It's yeah, that's great. I, I believe in it, you know, good luck with what you're doing, but you know, that's not really what we need. I, you know, we need those new, new patients, you know, where we just have to keep marketing for new patients or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we need the shiny new object, the new piece of equipment, or we need the, the new marketing technique or, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, what I try to explain and communicate and help any type of business understand that the purpose of a business is to get customers or patients in the door to keep customers or patients in the business and then to make a profit. And so many businesses are stuck on getting new customers, patients in their doors. They don't focus on the keeping and they just focus on making the profit. They miss that, that middle part, but that middle part is where you will ex- exponentially grow and create exponential profits if you are better at that. And that's where really customer service comes into play is retaining customers and patients in the business. You make them feel valued so they want to stick with you, create that relationship, create that loyalty so they continue to do business with you and then refer those that they know, uh, love and trust to come do business with you too. Yeah. Such such important takeaways there, Kelly. I mean, that's, that's, that's at the heart of it there. And, um, and we'll get into more of the details of it. But I think if you ask most small business owners, do they know what their customer acquisition cost is? They might have some idea, but they probably haven't calculated that. Because again, they're so obsessed with this, this filling the this churn of patients coming in and then not coming back or not referring. And if they would do the math, they would realize how valuable it is, to your point, to retain the customers, the clients, the patients that they do have. Absolutely. The, you know, the statistic I use is it's generally five to 25 times more expensive to acquire new customers or patients than it is to keep existing patients, customers in the business. So um, that, like you said, most businesses don't understand that business owners don't understand that. Yeah. All right. Where, where I'd like to begin here as we dive into this is I'd like to get your definition of exceptional customer service. My easy definition is a relentless focus on a customer and making that customer feel their best anytime they're interacting with the business, whether it's email, text, phone communication, or face-to-face communication, whatever form it is, but you are focused on them and you are making them feel their, their best when they're dealing with your company. And that is, I have always found, we've talked about this a little bit already, but in my experience as a patient, I think it's getting better, but I always found that in the medical industry, it's some of the worst customer service. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that has something to do with just traditionally the way this has always been delivered and, uh, you know, medical professionals not getting that kind of training or expertise in school. I, I don't know. Where, where does it come from? Well, it, you know, many years ago, even when I was a kid, you know, the medical doctor was kind of at the hierarchy of you know, the pinnacle of respect and, and just right. kind of that authoritarian figure. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't question them. You didn't, uh, you know, you, you needed your medical doctor. They were all knowing and, and you just trusted that. It didn't matter how they treated you. It was you listened to them and did what they say. Um, and that's shifting now where there's more options. There's, you know, there's nurse practitioners and there's, uh, DOs and there, there's other options. Um, and so people aren't, you know, that's not the case anymore. They, 
they go to a medical doctor and if they're not treated well, well, I'll just go to a different medical doctor. Um, I don't care what they, you know, if they do give me the best treatment or they give me the best advice, I'm not going to put up with being treated uh, horribly. Um, And so that, that shift is happening, but I think that's, that's why it went on for so long is because people just focused in on, Hey, you know, this is a medical doctor. They know their stuff. I just have to do what they say regardless of how they treat me. Right. Right. And I'll put up with the rude office manager because then that's just part of the process. Exactly. It's just the way it is. And, you know, it's, it's interesting in markets, certainly like, you know, Dallas is a good example. You go to any suburb where I lived and there's, there's a lot of options for chiropractors and dentists and uh, general practitioners. I mean, there's just a lot of options. There's a lot of competition. Maybe that wasn't there in the past. I don't know, but I know that certainly when you live in those uh, areas like we do in the Dallas market or any other larger population, there's a lot of providers out there, right? Yes, there is. So, you know, and you can, how do you distinguish yourself? Exactly. And this is something I preach, you know, why not distinguish yourself by providing stellar service? You know, make that your competitive advantage and people will pay extra for stellar service. It's it's documented. It's statistically correct. You can verify it. Um, so who doesn't want to do that? Provide great service and then you don't charge more because you provide great service, but you're allowed to do that because people will pay extra for you making them feel valued. Yeah. And they refer you. The other thing is, Kelly, and, I'm, and you feel this way, I know as well because of how you actually came to this same as my perspective. I find that when a business operates with this focus on customer service, it's just a much more pleasurable environment all around. For me as the owner, for my staff, obviously for the patients, the clients, it's just a more positive environment all around is what I've found. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's something else that I preach and teach and and try to communicate that, you know, this is not only going to be good for your customers, it's not only going to be good for your bottom line, but like you just mentioned, it's good for the business as a whole. Your employees are going to be happier. They are going to be more engaging. They're going to be more respectful. You're going to have less churn in your employees. And that, you know, that's always difficult when you're, you know, constantly cycling, cycling through employees and having issues with that, you know, bring down the stress for the owner and, and, and not have to worry about as much and less complaints and having to deal with the, those type of issues. It, like you mentioned, again, it just makes for a complete better environment as a whole for a business when they grasp onto this idea and really lay it as a foundation principle for the business. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've found. Okay, speaking of foundations, you cover this in the book, but but tell us, introduce us to some of those foundational components as you put it to delivering uh, exceptional customer service. Yeah, one of the the main things is, and we touched on it already, is really it's it's shifting the mindset of the business owner, the business as a whole, from a sales mindset to service mindset businesses get locked into that sales mindset, creating more new customers. We just got to keep new more customers to keep selling. Well, let's shift that and let's serve them better, which oddly enough will create more sales, but it's just that slight shift. Let's, let's, let's make relationships and not try to just focus on transactions. Let's build those relationships. Let's serve our customers, which in turn moves into making more sales. Um, and it, again, it, there, there's a lot of layers to that, but that's one of the basic 
principles and premises and of, of the whole situation, the whole foundation of customer service. Another great principle that businesses have to understand is that customer perception is everything when it comes to your business. Um, it doesn't matter what your business you're in. You're a chiropractor, your medical doctor, you're selling insurance, you're, you know, whatever, you're a car salesman. You're creating a perception with your customer, your patient, your client, and that perception is either good or bad. Um, so it doesn't matter what I think is good customer service or what my employees think is good, good customer service. If the customer doesn't, then we're not providing stellar or good or superior customer service. So that's another key component and principle that business owners have to understand that they are creating some kind of impression, whether good or bad. Um, but the perception comes from the customer. And so they need to align with the customer what great customer service is uh, so that perception is is raised for that customer towards the business. Yeah, two great points. I want to go back to the mindset point because to me, Kelly, there, what that ties to is what I talk about a lot, that it has to start at the top of the organization. So absolutely, if we're talking about a practice, it's it's the partners. If you don't buy into this, then it ends up just being lip service or the employee of the month plaque, as I always talk about, and it's hollow <laughs> and people see right through that, right? Uh, not particularly your staff, they see right through that. So you have to believe this, otherwise you're wasting your time on, on this has been my experience. What are your thoughts? You're exactly right. And I will not work with a company as a potential client if I am not training the owner or the upper management. I won't just go in and train employees without first working with those at the top. Because like yeah. you just said, it has to come from the top down. Yeah, it has so to, telling. That's so telling that that's the approach you take. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, if, if I don't take that approach, then it's just going to be a flavor of the month. Mm -hmm. You know, the employee plaque it'll last for a few weeks, a month or two, six months, and then they'll be on to something else because it never took root. And it, and it wasn't a foundation. They didn't lay a foundation. It wasn't a cultural shift. It was, you know, the motivational quote on the wall, you know, championed it for a little bit and then they move on. Yeah, that's exactly what I see. And then coming back to the feeling appreciated, I want to read a quote from your book on this topic and dive into a little bit more. Quote, customers just want to be appreciated for doing business with you. The primary reason a customer will leave a business is that they feel unappreciated, end quote. That, that last part, feeling unappreciated, is one that's, that's so tricky because what I have found is that customers, clients, patients, they don't necessarily tell you that they feel unappreciated, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know they're unappreciated when they're not doing business when, with you. Exactly, when they don't thinking, reschedule hey, they, or they exactly. have, you haven't seen them in years and they go dormant, they, right? They, exactly. They're, they're feeling appreciated by your competitors, what happened. That's so. right. <laughs> but yeah, that, you know, it, that's really the bottom line is, are we making our customers, our patients, our clients feel appreciated? And that's, you know, this you, you could extrapolate this to, pretty much life in general, you know, relationships and, and, you know, with your family or your spouse, your significant other, your friends, or do you make them feel appreciated? And when you stop doing that, when you don't make the other party feel appreciated, the tendency is for them to walk or to shut off. Um, and so we have to stay focused from a business sense on making them feel appreciated because they are spending their money 
for us to take care of them. Um, and the most important person in a business is the customer. Um, and some businesses, you know, what I used to teach and, and preach to my, my office staff when in my offices was, we are here for the patients. The patients aren't here for us. We have to keep that mindset. We're here to serve them first, not for them to come and give us money and, and for us to act however we want to. And again, it goes back to that being service mindset or having the service mindset as, as opposed to the sales mindset. When I'm focused on being there for the customer, you know, the tendency is I'm going to do a pretty good job on making them feel appreciated. What are a couple of uh, examples that you might share, tactical examples that I might be able to implement to help make that client, patient, customer feel appreciated? What are some things you've seen that, that work well? You bet. A couple of very simple and easy things that you can, it takes virtually no training that, that a business could take hold of right now and implement. First thing is to be conscious of smiling. Um, smiling is the universal welcome. And I used to tell my office staff that their a smile was their part of their uniform. Mm. So just like them wearing scrubs or whatever I had to had them wear that day, I wanted them to put a smile on their face. As soon as we unlocked the door for the patients to come in, man, that smile better be there. It 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 automatically puts the the customer at ease when they're seeing a smiling face. They feel welcomed by the smile. It's so simple and easy to do. Some days are easier than others to put a smile on your face. And I, you know, I tell my staff, let's, let's not wait to be happy to smile. Let's stick a smile on our face to make ourselves happy. So that's how you can get around when, you know, Monday morning rolls around when you're not quite as enthusiastic as being at the office or in the business, um, but throw a smile on your face. Another simple tactic is what I call bookending an experience for a customer. So we're all used to and, and have heard many times, you know, make that great first impression. And, th- and that is important, whether it's a, a new customer, new patient or a established customer or patient. You, you always want to make a good first impression when they come in to do business with you. You know, you welcome them, you're smiling, you're, you're enthusiastic about them coming in. Where businesses fall short is not leaving the customer, the patient on a enthusiastic note. You're not giving a great farewell. You just kind of leave it on a flat note. Well, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's the, you know, that's the impression that that customer is going to leave. They'll, they'll kind of forget that initial impression and they'll remember that last impression. And, and it can, you know, like I said, it'll be flat with a lot of businesses. So leave them with a great farewell. Yeah, Tell them, thank you for, you know, we appreciate you. Thanks for coming in. We'll right. see you soon. Is there anything we can do for you? You know, we appreciate your business, whatever the case may be, but leave it on an enthusiastic note. So that's the last thing that customer is leaving with as they exit your business. Yeah, that's the last thing they feel. That's the last thing they experience. I think it's such an important thing. And I, like you're, you're right. I see that as well. People forget that. Uh, the smile thing is so important though. It's such a, it seems even maybe even, corny, you know, even when you answer the phone, you should smile. I think what happens that can happen is we're busy, like you said, on that Monday morning dealing with, you know, two, two cancellations and this issue or that issue. And that person comes in and you have that on your face. And it's incredible how that translates onto them. It trans transfers onto them. And especially when you're talking about in particular in a medical environment where I might already be anxious walking in the door, you just added your anxiety to me and I haven't (laughs) even started my interaction. Absolutely. 
And it's, you know, it seems so simplistic and it can't be that effective, but it's incredibly effective, incredibly powerful. Just keeping those smiles in your face. And, you know, from a, from a medical standpoint and from a chiropractic standpoint, when a patient came in and saw my staff smiling and when they were, when my staff welcomed that patient in and when they were excited to see him again, that put them at ease, that relaxed them that took tension out of their body, it made it easier for me to take care of them from an adjustment standpoint, but it also enhanced their care and their recovery a lot of times because we were taking care of them psychologically, which ties into their, their physiology. So there, there's a tie-in, especially in the medical aspect of providing great customer service on how well a patient will recover and, and, uh, and their healing will progress. Yeah, good stuff. This is Henry Lopez briefly interrupting this episode to invite you to schedule a free business coaching consultation with me. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you about your business goals and offer the guidance and accountability that we all need to achieve success. As an experienced small business owner myself, I understand the challenges you are experiencing and often it's about helping you ask the right questions to help you make progress towards achieving your goals. Whether it's getting started with your first business or growing your existing small business, I can help you get there. To find out more about my business coaching services and to schedule your free coaching session, just visit thehowofbusiness.com or simply text the word bizcoach, that's B-I-Z coach, to 31996. So the thing that's always such a challenge and you've touched on it already is Everybody can execute on a lot of this some of the times, but to do it consistently, to deliver consistently exceptional customer service, that, that's where it gets hard. And I want, you to, I want your thoughts, and I know you agree with me, that it all starts with how you hire, train, and motivate your staff to deliver that. So what are some of your thoughts there on, uh, let's just go through the life cycle from what to look for in someone I'm going to hire to how I train and coach them and motivate them. How do you help at a high level? Obviously, we don't have time to get into the details, right. but at a high level, <laughs> give me some of that that insight on what you think there as it relates to staff. Well, you know, goal one, number one, should be hiring the right people. And, and my number one goal for hiring is hire attitude and then train the rest. Yeah. Now, that doesn't fit every scenario, sure. but it's it's a good place to start. I would. Because, I mean, have, I, I, if I'm hiring a nurse practitioner, obviously he or she has to have their qualifications. Exactly. But I'm sure I have ten candidates that fit the the tick boxes on the qualifications, right? Exactly. So if I'm hiring a front desk help, you know, most everybody has computer skills at this point. I'm going to hire the person that has the best bubbly smiley attitude. Um, so that's the first thing that patient sees and the last thing that patient sees uh, as they're leaving. So if, if you can work that depending on the situation, hire attitude first and then train the rest. Um, motivating, a couple of things with that. Your employees love to be valued as well and they don't want to feel unappreciated either. I mean, it goes hand in hand with them being able to provide great customer service. And really, this is a foundation principle that really the second principle that I go through with my my clients is you have to foster a team atmosphere and you have to make your employees feel like you want them to to make the uh, customers feel. 
So you want to treat them as good, treat the employees as good as they are going to treat your customers. Um, so again, they need to feel appreciated. You, you compliment them. And this is something that I fell short for, for a few years in my practice where I got the idea and, or kept the idea that my employees were liabilities. And all they were doing was collecting a paycheck. They were there to, to do the bare minimum. And it was my job to correct them you know, at every turn. Yeah. Um, and one of my coaches called me out on this and he you know, said, listen, they are an asset. You need to look at them as assets and you need to start recognizing all the good they're doing and then commenting on that and recognizing them for all the good they're doing. And as soon as I did that, what a world of difference that that, that made. Um, but that you need to recognize the good they're doing, call them out on it, continually build that up and, and make sure, again, it just goes back to making sure they feel appreciated and, and valued. Um, those two things are just huge. That has to be right. If that's not right, uh, I don't care what actions you put into play. Um, you know, you may have some success with it, but the, the other actions just will not take root and be as effective as they could be if you don't have that team atmosphere and your employees don't feel as valued as they should as compared to what you, you want them to do with your uh, customers. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's been my experience as well, Kelly. I, I think that's spot on with with what I've observed. Uh, how about measuring it, uh, surveys, feedback? How have you found that works well? To because you know, going back to the perception thing in particular, unless we ask and unless we get that feedback in a certain way, where we, we we may not know how we're doing. We might think we're doing great, but we that's a perception, right? As you articulated earlier. Exactly. And it should never be based on our perception or the business owner's perception. It's always off the, the customer, the patients. Three things. I got this from Jack Welsh, how he measured the success of a business. So you want to survey the customers, you want to survey the employees, and then you want to keep an eye on the, on the bottom line, the cash mm -hmm. flow. Um, one thing that businesses, especially these day and age, are notorious for, and they do it all the time, is they conjure up five-star reviews with new customers. Um, I, I shouldn't necessarily conjure, but they, you know, a customer will have one or two interactions with a business and then they're going to get a survey. And I call that, you know, that's the honeymoon phase. Yeah. You know, the business hasn't really shown its true colors. The customer, you know, they've seen a little bit, you know, they still have that goodwill. They're going to give a five-star review. You need, to, you need to be surveying the customers that have been with you for months. Um, they're the ones that will really give you the honest feedback and may not give you the five-star review, unfortunately. But all I suggest to my clients is a two-question survey. You know, if our, is our service, is it a one through 10? How would you rate our service? And if it's less than an eight, then the second question is, you know, what could we do? Where have we missed the boat that would make it a 10? Um, and can we talk to you about that? Um, that's basically all you need. And the, not every customer is going to be honest about it and want to do it, obviously. But those that do, you need to treat those like gold, the ones that don't come up with a, a 10 or below an 8, because that's where you have the opportunity to improve your customer service tremendously. Yeah. And then a two-question survey for your employees, same thing. 
would you recommend or how highly would you recommend you know someone working in this business and if it's below an eight then same question you know how where have we missed the boat what can we do better to make this a, a 10 for you working here um, those two surveys work wonders in in helping to dial in exactly where the holes may be that need to be filled to again drive that perception increase the the level of customer service yeah great tips especially i, I really hadn't given any thought to this when you're getting those surveys or ratings reviews early, they're still in the honeymoon phase. It's, it's good, but it's more, it's more valuable is what is my, what is my customer who's been coming to me for six months or a year? What do they think about the experience? So much more valuable. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I'm not, I didn't mean to say not do those and not, Oh no, yeah, no, we have to do you know. that. We have to do that for our online <laughs> reputation. Exactly. So that's important. Or is to but... learn what the perception really is. Exactly. Uh, now, they, and of course, we measure both because we, we do want to know that we're doing a good job of onboarding, of on-ramping a new client, but it's it's those people that have been with us for a period of time that'll give us maybe deeper insights. Exactly. And that those initial reviews, you know, it, it gives business owners a false sense of security that, oh, yeah, we're doing great. We don't need to address this issue. When reality, you know, like you're saying, we need to, uh, we need to survey somebody that's been around for a while. Yeah. Good or... Stuff survey those that have dropped out that's yeah, yeah what even happened better. why did they drop out that's that's even yeah you'll get more gold from them than the ones that have been stuck around agreed okay we we talked about it a little bit but give me a little bit more about how you're helping people increase their revenue when spending less on marketing and i'm sure it has to do with <laughs> instead of focusing on this continuous getting the new the next customer instead keeping them right exactly and that's what it's all about there's a, a study done by Harvard Business School, and what they found out is if a business will simply increase their customer retention, so just keeping customers obviously in the business by a measly 5%, that can lead to a 25 to actually a 95% increase in profit. Hmm. And so that's really what my, my programs are based on. We are trying to increase, improve and help a business do better with their customer service to retain more business. Because when you do that, then that directly affects the bottom line. Um, and the reason will do that, because as you keep more business, obviously they stay with you and pay more. And those same, same customers are gonna refer more. And so you have more customers coming in, obviously. And when you have those two working as your marketing piece, then you don't have to spend as much money trying to drum up new business constantly. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, that it's, it's five to 25 times more expensive to acquire new customers. So if you can shift some of that money back into the business and the bottom line, that's what makes that dramatic jump in profits when you're raising the retention rate, just a, a measly 5%. Yeah. And again, most, most business owners just, they just don't know how to go about doing that math. And that's understandable. You know, it's, 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 but it's a lot of it is more going back to that mindset. But yeah, it's, it's, it really isn't that complicated when you think about it. If I'm keeping my customers now, I don't have to spend money to get a new customer. And those happy customers are referring me, which costs me very little in the way of marketing and advertisement to get a referral. And, and we all know referrals are the absolute best 
type of marketing. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, it's it's very simple, and that's that's how I approach this and approach it with my clients. This is simple. Let's not make this hard. Right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's doing hard. the simple actions, the simple principles, putting these things into play, but doing it consistently that are going to create major results for the business. Yeah. Okay, so when you uh, start working with a new client and they're just not delivering very good customer service, where do you start? Where do you have them start? And I'm talking more, I mean, obviously at a high level, like you said, it's got to be buying at the top. Otherwise, you don't even engage. So that mindset has to be there that we want this. But what tactically, where do you begin to make changes? So if somebody's listening, thinking, where can I start to get better? What do you recommend? Well, with my programs and the first thing that I'll dive into is mindset. Um, like you mentioned, mindset of, yeah, you know, do we buy into this, but also mindset as in positive mindset. Um, that That's where success hinges for me. Um, so I want to help a business owner, business leader understand that, hey, let's, let's move more into this positive mindset because it goes hand in hand with being able to serve properly. If I'm in a complete negative mindset and worried about everything and and uh, being reactive to everything that's going on, it makes it very difficult to to provide stellar customer service and to do it consistently because that's the key. So we work on that mindset and, and help help get more in that positive mind frame. Does some positive- of that manifest itself in where if I have an environment where there's all kinds of rules on how to avoid this or that or getting taken or, you know, you end up with these environments sometimes where it seems like the rules are all about catching people doing the wrong thing, whether it's staff or clients, you know what I'm saying? It's those places where you walk in and all the signs are negative. Don't do this. (laughs) Don't do that. If you do this, is that part of what you see manifest itself sometimes? Absolutely. And I, you know, I coach and teach my clients this don't, don't make these rules, these signs, these ridiculous, um, you know, like you mentioned, the, the, you know, these rules and, and all that, that they put into place because they've been burned by the 1%, but yeah. now you're going to make the 99% suffer for it. That's right. Um, you know, it stinks being burned. I understand that, but you know, you got to let it go. It's a, you know, it's the exception. It's not the rule. So let's be real careful of putting that, that kind of negativity out there, but yes, it does stem from that and having the mindset that, you know, I don't want to get burned. People are out to burn me. I've got to watch out for being burned. So we're going to, you know, we're going to try to cover all our bases and all you do is end up um, shutting the doors to a lot of potential business. Yeah. Creating a lot of negativity, a lot of friction. Then I also got to think that part of it, Kelly, is that the people, our staff needs to be trained on how to deliver exceptional customer service. Exactly. And a lot of it, like I mentioned before, just stems back to, treating them well, treat the employees as good, if not better, and really better than you want them to treat the customer. So do you start Um, there somewhere? Let me understand what your structure is, your compensation structure, everything about how you, how the staff, um, how they get rewarded, compensated, all of that. You look at that as well. I do. Um, And it depends on the business too. Um, For me personally, in my practices, you know, I, gave a bonus to my employees, depending on the patient volume we had for the day, week and month. Um, Cause I didn't, I wanted them to stay motivated to, to help us see as many patients as we could. So I didn't want them to have the mentality of, 
well, I get paid the same whether we see three patients or 100 patients. So we, we wanted to structure it that way. Mm-hmm. But statistics show that you know, money is fourth, fifth, sixth down on a employee's list of what they really want from a business. They want security. um, And really at the top of the list is they want to feel valued and important and special to the business owner and in the business and and making sure they want to feel like they're doing something good for the greater, uh, the greater good for humanity or for whatever the business structure is. So really tying into that and making them again, feel like a team and they're an important part of the business uh, really goes a long ways. I'm a big sports fan and I like to use sports analogies. So if you have a, a top-notch football team, you know, let's say the Alabama who just won the national championship last week, you know, their structure is where everybody's tied into a common goal, a common focus, um, but there's coaches and there's trainers and there's the offensive linemen and there's the superstar quarterback and wide receiver, but they're all tied into made to feel that they are an integral part, that what they do matters, that, yeah, maybe they don't get paid as much, maybe they don't get quite as much recognition, but that what they do is a vital part of the business. And so it's important to have that aspect in a business too. You have different layers of of employees, but they all play an integral part. And that needs to be communicated and that needs to be done regularly so everybody's focused on doing their job and not feeling, again, unappreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. All right. We'll start to wrap it up. We've been talking about it as we've been conversing here, but summarize for me the services that you do currently offer your clients and then tell us about the book. Absolutely. So I have uh, three different layers of programs. Um, They're collectively called the 5% bump programs. And I alluded to that statistic or that study done by Harvard Business School. They're all designed to bump that that retention rate up by 5%. So I have a lower level where it's just a week, week long uh, coaching process, kind of entry level, level, obviously, where we can just get to know each other and give you some value and a business owner can take it from there. Uh, my second level is called the prime level where it's a a three-month program with several coaching calls and get uh, a good core piece of my programs. And then I have the six-month program, which is called the Alpha program, where we dive in deep. We get the whole program implemented um, and trained and really set the, set the business up for uh, significant success when we're, when we're able to really lay that groundwork and foundation. My book, uh, Define and Deliver custom, uh, Exceptional Customer Service, not just customer service, exceptional customer service, <laughs> um, is, is an easy read. It's 150 pages long. It's not full of fluff. It's just full of great principles, rules, and and actions that a business can take hold of right away, implement, and start making an improvement in their customer service level for for their business. Um, That's my philosophy. And when I was in practice, certainly with my coaching, my book, let's, let's do the simple things, but let's do them consistently. And then see what happens and see what kind of major results happen from that. So that's what my programs and then certainly the book are all structured on doing the simple consistently and, and, and having major results because of that. Yeah. Great stuff. And I, I found your book on Amazon, right? Yes. So- Thank you. I, it, you can buy it on Amazon, Kindle copy, a audible copy is on its way. Should be, it'd be another few weeks, maybe a month or two before it gets processed, but that's on its way too. And I, you know, 
people are like me, you hope your listeners are like me. Sometimes they just want to listen to it, not read it while they're driving or working out those type of things. So that, that will be an option as well. But yes, you can find it on Amazon um, and really anywhere you can, you would normally find a book at. Great, great stuff. All right. So again, that's define and deliver exceptional customer service. In addition to that book, is there another book that you've read recently or in the past that, that you would recommend? One of my favorite books is by Grant Cardone, and it's called Be Obsessed or Be Average. Um, I've probably read that book conservatively five times, probably seven or eight times I've read it. Um, and it, it, the whole premise of the book is you can be obsessed about really everything in life. Um, you don't have to be just obsessed at business to the deterioration of your family life or relationships. Um, you can be obsessed about your business, about your faith, about your family, whatever aspect. It's just having the right focus at the right time. Um, and it just resonated with me, obviously. Um, I like to refer back to it regularly just to get myself dialed back in where I can you know, I can have the best of all worlds is really what it amounts to. I can have a great family life. I can have great business life. I can have a great uh, social life, whatever the case may be. It's just putting the, the right focus at the right time there. Great stuff. Great recommendation. Another book that comes to mind for me that it really is what set the foundation for me on, on delivering customer services, Purple Cow by Seth Godin. Don't know if you've had an opportunity to read that book. I have the book in my library. I have not read it. So I, yeah. I will have and to it's now an, it's on an your easy, recommendation. Yeah, it's an easy <laughs> read. So you'll, you'll get through it pretty quickly, but two great, two great recommendations there. All right, let's wrap it up. What's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation we've had about delivering exceptional customer service? A business cannot go wrong. There is no downside to improving customer service. You know, we, like we talked about how it enhances the whole business. Uh, you just can't go wrong with enhancing your customer service level from a customer standpoint to a business and profit standpoint to an employee standpoint to, uh, to the owner standpoint. It's just incredibly important, but valuable. Um, and it, it's just something that if you'll tie into it, you'll never regret um, taking steps to improve. Well said. That, that's been my experience as well. And tell us again, uh, or tell us where you want us to go online to find out more. My website, very simple to find, drkellyhenry.com. So drkellyhenry.com. And you can find out about me, my book, uh, my programs. You can set up a or schedule a call with me if you so desire. Um, but that's where you can find out uh, about Dr. Kelly Henry. Wonderful. Kelly, this has been a great conversation. This is a top topic, as I said, that I'm very passionate about. So thanks for joining me today and sharing your, your knowledge and experience. Thank you, Henry. I really appreciate the conversation, the opportunity to be on this great show. Thank you. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks to you for joining me on this episode of The How of Business. My guest today, again, was Dr. Kelly Henry. We release new episodes every Monday morning. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.